please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel? Our text is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray. Gracious God, we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would teach us. Take my feeble words and your perfect scripture, God, and make us your people all the more. Help us to love you, to serve you, and to sit at your son's feet in wonder, awe, and subdue mission. Sanctify us, O God, into his image. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's passage is short, it is uh, sweet, and it is very um, familiar uh, to us. And there's a challenge, I think, in teaching what is well known. And the challenge is not to come up with something that is, that is uh, a new and unique idea, but is to remain faithful to the text, to remind us what is there, and to just trust the Spirit's power to renew us once again. So I'd like to start with a few facts. So our text uh, begins with Jesus traveling. He enters a village. And Luke doesn't say here what village but we believe, uh, we know, based on other gospel accounts of Martha and Mary, that they made residence in Bethany. Uh, Bethany was a village some small number of kilometers from Jerusalem, likely to the east. We also know that Martha and Mary were the sisters of the famed Lazarus, who was buried in or near Bethany, though he was buried for only a short amount of time. And verse 38 tells us that it was Martha who welcomed Jesus into her house. And this indicates that Martha may have been the older sister, and that Martha naturally had the responsibilities of running the house, and that Martha had a job to do. In 39, it says that Martha had a sister called Mary. And Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And Martha, Martha welcomes Jesus in and immediately begins tending to the job of host, while Mary listens at his feet. So Mary listens at his feet. She's listening, she's drinking it in, she's focused, as though wearing blinders, I think. She is undistracted by the hustle and the bustle of the household around her. She's focused, she is content. Martha is not content. Martha, tasked with the household responsibilities, is exasperated. She is overwhelmed, she is trying to serve, she is trying to work, but clearly she is falling behind. And I can't speak for you, but for myself, I feel like I'm always behind. There is so much to do. 
with my family and with work, with serving and hosting others, with church work, with teaching, with singing, with school, even evangelism itself, sharing the gospel is work. It's good, but it is work. Now Calvin says of Martha that her devotion to her household and that her desire to serve her Lord, he says, is commendable. Another commentator says that it's laudable. And it is good. It's good what she's doing. These things, these things that we are all called to do. Scripture does not say, thou shalt not attend to thy guests in thy home. All these things, all of Martha's activities are good things. We are actually instructed to do these things. In November, I spoke in a passage of 1 Corinthians about the many things that we are called to do uh, for each other here in the church. We serve, we help, cleaning, teaching. These are all very good things indeed. And yet Mary, at that moment and in that place, is not concerned with any of it. She is unaffected, for she is enthralled, and rightly so. You see, Mary sat hinged on every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. These words of life are the words that we read in the scriptures. They give us life and they sustain us. In verse 40, we read Martha's lament to Jesus. Clearly upset, clearly worried and fraught with anxiety, she exclaims, Lord! And I want us to notice Martha's address. She doesn't just say Jesus, but she calls Jesus Lord. She is in submission to him, Lord. She is a follower of Christ. She is, in this moment, she recognizes his supreme kingship. He is Lord. Her theology is good, but her doxology is so-so. <laughs> Lord, she says, do you not care? Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. This question and command made sense to me. Uh, in fact, I believe it is often our prayer to ask the Lord to alter the actions of those around us rather than recognizing where we fail and rather than dealing with what is actually the issue. The issue, perhaps to Martha's surprise, is not that the hors d'oeuvres were getting cold and the problem is not with Mary's lack of empathy toward her sister's plight. So focused and so worried about her own work, Martha asks Jesus to force Mary into her vortex of stress. Tell her to help me, she exclaims. Well, that wouldn't have solved the issue. Likely, it would have just caused them both to miss an incredible opportunity because there's always more to do. There is always more to do. In Matthew 26, there's a familiar story. We read that a woman breaks an alabaster box of expensive ointment and she anoints Jesus, worshiping him and giving him the honor due his name. And the hardworking disciples grumble and they complain, hey, why this waste? You just dumped it out. You poured it on his head. We could have sold this ointment. We could have helped the poor. We could have done so many things with the money raised. We could be doing so many things. But Jesus' response to them is, you'll always have the poor 
You'll always have things to do, but you will not always have me. But we feel there's always more to do, and there is always more to do, but we need perspective. We need perspective. Martin Luther once said, and I love this quote, he said, I have so much to do. That's not all he said. He said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Luther, faced with the demands of a reformation, did not get up early to better tackle his to-do list. But Luther, knowing the importance of the work we are all called to do, sought the company of his father's presence first. He sat at Jesus' feet in prayer. And how often the opposite is true for us. Faced with a busy schedule, we sacrifice the one portion of our day that gives us the strength for all the rest. Martha says, Lord, do you even care? I need help. Well, how does Jesus respond? Does he say, yes, of course. Wow, what were we thinking? Here, chop these onions, pour this wine, invite those people in. Serve, minister, give, do. No, he says, Martha, Martha, using her name twice, responding with love. Jesus loves this family. This is, this is, these are his friends. Lazarus is the man for whom Jesus would later weep. They are important to him. They are his people. Martha, Martha, you are anxious. You are troubled about many things. And Martha's stress is obvious. She wants to do what's right. She wants to serve her Lord. She wants to tend to his needs, to ensure that everybody in the whole house, in fact, has everything they need for dinner and for fellowship. Martha is anxious about her performance. When she demands, tell her to help me, she maybe has that little vein bulging in her forehead. Martha, Martha, you are anxious, and you are troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. All these things that Martha is attending to are good things. We should be busy with managing our homes, raising our kids, working and providing for ourselves and for our families, serving our brothers and sisters in church, telling people about Jesus, feeding the poor, but one thing is of so great an importance that it is ahead of all those things. Mary has chosen the better portion, the greater thing. And to sit at the feet of Jesus, to drink from the well of life, to read the Holy Scriptures, to pray, and to seek the Lord while he may be found. Now Charles Spurgeon, preaching on this text, says it well, Quoting, here then was Martha's dish of well-cooked meat, but there was Mary's gift of a humble, obedient heart. Here was Martha decking the table, but there was Mary submitting her judgment to the Lord and looking up with wondering eyes as she heard his matchless speech. Mary was bringing to Jesus the better offering. With Martha, Jesus would in his condescension be pleased. But in Mary, he found satisfaction. Martha's service he accepts benevolently, but Mary's worship he accepted with joy. 
Now, brothers and sisters, all that you can give to Christ in any shape or form will not be as dear to him as the offering of your fervent love, the clinging of your humble faith, the reverence of your adoring souls. Do not, I pray you, neglect the spiritual for the sake of the eternal, or else you will be throwing away gold to gather iron for yourselves. You will be pulling down the palaces that you may build for yourselves hovels of clay. Service is important, and it is pleasing to the Lord. We are called to serve. The Holy Spirit empowers us to serve. But the balance is in view, and our time here is not long. So our situation is not totally unlike those grumbling disciples complaining about alabaster ointment spilled. Our time, like their time, like Mary's time, is not long. And with so many things vying for our attention, and so many of those things being good and righteous things, it is easy to neglect to worship in quiet, to pray and to wait upon the Lord, to hear him speak to you through his word. And today we, like Mary, can sit at the feet of our Lord and we can hear his words and his teaching. But this will not always be the case. Isaiah reminds us, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. We have so much to do. We have so much we are called to do. Our lives in service to God should be busy and full of ministry and work. We have so much to do. But Spurgeon reminds us, activity, if not balanced by devotion, tends to puff us up. We become like Martha, living imbalanced, exhausting lives. We become focused on our own good efforts, our own great zeal. Work gets done for its own sake, or worse, it gets done in service to our ego. We can become annoyed with those who rest in the Lord. And we can be bothered by those who wait on him. The balance is in view. And I just want to close with one more quote from Spurgeon. Spurgeon says, If you want to serve God, as I trust you do, I charge you first be careful of your own souls. Do not begin with learning how to preach or how to teach or how to do this or that. Dear friend, get the strength within your own soul. And then, even if you do not know how to use it, yet you will do much. The first thing is to get the heart warmed. Stir up your manhood. Brace up all your faculties. Get the Christ within you. Ask the everlasting God to come upon you. Get him to inspire you. And then, if your ways should not be according to the ways of others, it will not matter. Or if they should be, neither will it be of any consequence. Having the power of the Holy Spirit, you will accomplish the results. But if you go about to perform the work before you have the strength from on high, you shall utterly fail. And better things we hope of you. And like Luther said, I have so much to do. I shall spend three hours in prayer. That is the better portion. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.